What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Game Ball. Today we have Chase Bryce, quarterback of App State, joining us. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. And before we get into, you know, football and talk about App State, Clemson, Duke, and whatsoever, I want to talk about the NIL. So that went to effect. And I was just wondering if you've had any experiences with the NIL bill, whether it's with a business or any of your teammates. And what, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, um, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I think a lot of guys are taking advantage of it um, in, in a good way. And um, I've had a, a couple encounters with uh, some some places about, um, you know, helping out and, and supporting. And I uh, did a thing with Canes. Um, I'm in works with a Calypso, a, like a lemonade drink that's in all the, the gas stations. Um couple local spots in Boone that I'm working on something to get get from me and the linemen um weekly for a dinner uh but you know I've seen a lot of a lot of good things come out of it for uh for guys in in college football and and college sports yeah that's awesome well that's great to see I bet you're here but your offensive linemen are probably thrilled about the about the meals and stuff <laughs> yeah so, they like it <laughs> they'll, they'll make sure they'll make sure you don't end up on your back in the middle of the game right. you're all right uh, but no, that's really cool to see. I uh, I had the chance to talk to you know camp peoples and some other guys, and they 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 all basically said the same thing. So it's definitely neat to see what's happening out there. But uh, you know, going back to just the recruitment process, obviously you've got you've been recruited what three times now. But just going back to being coming out of high school, right out of Grayson, that's a powerhouse for football. Everybody knows that. And you had offers from you know Miami, Florida, Louisville. Uh, Michigan State, and obviously Clemson was where you ended up going. But what what led to that decision? Because was it you know, just being close to home or was it because you're, you're, I believe your uncle is a coach there, a safety's coach or something. I don't know mm -hmm. what he was at the time, but what led to that decision to come to Clemson? Yeah. Uh, ultimately it was uh, just a feeling. Um, I felt at home there. It's where I wanted to be. Uh, I took football out of the equation and, you know, asked myself if I would enjoy going to college here, um, just being a student and, and uh, you know, I, I would have loved it. Um, and I did love it, enjoyed it. Um, my uncle followed me. Um, well, I, I was committed to Clemson my junior year mm -hmm. and then he got the job going into my senior year. We're getting ready for football. And then he got an analyst job and, um, now he's worked his way up to safeties. And so having, definitely having family there was, was awesome and getting to hang with him and my little cousins and well, not so little anymore, but um, it was a great experience, and ultimately, it was that family feel, um, kind of like how how it is right here at App. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna mention that you know, did the family atmosphere just like not from the your uncle obviously, but just as a team, because you hear it all the time in Clemson, obviously in Boone. There's there's not you know necessarily a ton around the area, so it is like a big one big family. So did you definitely feel that at Clemson and with App State too? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely felt a correlation. Um, you know, I, I knew the recruiting process, uh, been around it a few times, you know, heard a lot of pitches and, um, you know, when app called, I was really excited uh, just for a, a new start. Um, just, you know, things didn't work out at the at Duke and, you know, that's part of it is what it is. And um, I've moved on from it. But once I got into the locker room here, got to talking to the coaches and, you um, hung out with the guys really meshed in. I, I felt a real, real family like feel and, and guys that I click with better and, and, and just um, call family. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I like I mentioned, I uh, I spoke to uh, Demetrius Taylor of App State. I want to say yesterday, and he was telling me about that family atmosphere. He was saying one time he went to go to the cafeteria to get lunch one time. And one of the, the lunch ladies was like cutting out newspapers and stuff that had like his stat lines and the box scores and give it to him. So I thought that was pretty neat about how it is right. all together. But, uh, you know, going back to Clemson, everyone talks about running down the hill and how electrifying Death Valley is. So what was like the first time just playing in, in Clemson is running down that, running down that hill? Let's see. It was my freshman year, um, redshirted. So, you know, just dressed out, just enjoying it. Um, pretty sure we played. Pretty sure we played Kent State, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a noon game. It was hot, and um, but I but we had practiced running down the hill prior in our practice like mock game um, a couple weeks before, and then then like when you go on visit, you're, you they they send you down the hill, but you really gotta you know be careful. You really gotta master kind of your hops and like your gallop and, and make sure you don't definitely twist an ankle or fall. Um, when it, when it goes off the let, like goes off, um, cause there's two drains at the bottom near the goalpost. So you gotta, you gotta know which side to, to go on. That'd be a disaster if you get your cleats stuck in there. You like nail the, uh, the field goal pole or something. That place is a, it's a madhouse though on the hill. It's, it's crazy over there. It's, it's, insane. it's fun, man. It is, it is, but you, you definitely got to be careful. I'm sure. I'm, I'm surprised there aren't more injuries happening on that hill. I know. I know. I thought the same thing. Uh, but when you, when you showed up to Clemson, obviously Davis Sweeney was your, is the coach there. And he's been, been your head coach for what I want to say. He's been there for what, three years when you were, when you were there, all three. Yeah. And, but what was he? What is he like as a coach? You know, on and off the field, because everyone talks about how he is a good coach and all that. But off the field, is a big family guy and a big just kind of brings everyone together. So, what is he like as a person and as a coach for you? Yeah, um, super easy going. Um, you know, he expects a lot out of you. Uh, you're you're at Clemson and you represent Clemson, and so he expects you to act accordingly, act you know professional, and um, go about things the right way. And uh, football coach to guy off the field is, you know, he's the same. He's going to coach you hard. He's going to expect a lot out of you. Um, and he's going to push you. But off the field, like, he's, you know, he's a dad, you know, and he's got two kids on the team and who I'm really close with. And um, he just, you know, you see him at football games, you see him at the high school games, the baseball games, and, you know, real easy to talk to, a uh, real down-to-earth guy and um, somebody that uh, wants the best for you. So I, I really appreciated that about him is he really pushes – he wants you to strive to be the best version of you. And um, and, and if you you put your head down and you work and, and, you, and you soak in kind of his, uh, his advice, you'll get there. So – um, definitely, definitely appreciated him. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. He sounds more, more than just a coach. You know, he wants you guys a person too, which is, which is something you don't always see all the time. So it's, it's definitely probably a breath of fresh air for you to see mm -hmm. that. But, uh, some, so someone I host a show with when I do this, he, we were talking about Dabo and I, I, I go to Clemson. So, you know, of course I'm all about, you know, coach Sweeney and, and how great of a coach he is, but he was saying that he believes that coach Sweeney is more of a recruiter than he is an X's and O's guy. So do you think that's like a, I believe that's like a false narrative, but do you think he he gets more flack than what he deserves for being not necessarily the best coach or something like that? 
he uh you know he knows what he's talking about for sure um i've been on the headset many times for three years so um he gets on the headset and he tells coach elliot what he wants uh what, what we're gonna do and not all the time just every now yeah. and then yeah. but uh he definitely knows what he's talking about um but also is a great recruiter and knows the type of guys he wants in his program and i think that I think that is always going to be first um, because without that, he can't do X's and O's. Um, he wants to make sure he's got the right guys on the field, right guys in the program mm-hmm. to then go about the X's and O's. So um, he, he's good at both. He's yeah. good at both. I can imagine, you know, speaking with the right guys, he's, he's probably lucky that he had you during that 2018. So I think everyone knows about the game where you, where you came in against Syracuse and how crazy that was. But you know, there was a lot of high expectations heading into that year after going to what the semis uh, the year prior, and then obviously we exited. And so then Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant had their battle, and Kelly Bryant ended up leaving. T-Lock took over, got a concussion, you know, ha- right before halftime during that Syracuse-Clemson game. And we were, we were all eyes were on you, you know, chase for Heisman hype was coming through for sure. But what was that game like? What was that experience? Because you made some, that fourth down pass to T. Higgins, that one incredible catch by you know Hunter Renfro when he somehow yeah. became like an acrobat and caught it, and then you had that great rush uh, late in the game too. So what was that entire game like for you? Yeah, um, that game was pretty nuts. It was it was a loud noon game. Um, a lot of hype around that game. Um, they beat us the year before mm-hmm. um, when when Kelly got knocked out, and um, yeah, we it was me and Trev. Uh, and that was my first week of really getting a lot of a lot of live reps, a lot of game plan reps. Um, before I was just signaling, and you know Kelly and Trevor were taking a lot of the first and second team reps and getting ready. And uh, I was kind of behind the scenes, so I had to get ready really quickly. Um, we didn't know Kelly was gonna do what he did until I think a Tuesday. Um, he came out and told Coach so. Um, that whole week was, was pretty stressful. Uh, he's a dear, dear friend of mine and love him to death. And, uh, but you had to kind of get over it. And, and we went into that game really confident. Um, you know, I was confident about the plan. I, you know, had studied Syracuse intently and, um, we knew we had, we were the more athletic, better team. Um, but they had a, they had a really good team that year, uh, had a really good season, uh, Dungy was lights out and I mean they they had a confidence and a swag and so we knew going into the game it wasn't going to be easy at all um, especially when Trevor got hurt was definitely not going to be easy um, I mean that was my first real real life playing time I got a whole half of football under my uh, before that I mean I had like I don't know like eight passes I think I heard um, total and like in Georgia Southern and, and Furman, some, some games that we were blowing them out. And I had to grow up really quick. Um, they had to keep it simple and, and stick to what we do and let our player makers go make plays. And like you said, Renfro making plays, Travis running the ball, Tavian, Adam Choice, like, man, everybody running. And then, you know, I had to make – it was a six – I had to make one pass um, yeah, really the whole game. I mean, and so – um, I think my instincts kind of kicked in near that near that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, just going back to the fundamentals and doing what what I know. 
um, sticking to the game plan and, and just going through my reads and made a good throw and then had a good run after that and um, stuck it in for the score to win it. And that was, that was a really special feeling. I was, I didn't even know what, I didn't even know what happened. I was just like, <laughs> man, what is going on? Like, yeah, that, place is going absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely is crazy. I mean, the thing that you like, you're right at halftime this game. Like, you you head in, you guys are down what thir- sixteen to seven or something like that, thirteen to seven, and you're you're trailing, and that must have just been crazy. Be like, well, crap, I have to go lead this this national championship team to to a win. That must have been insane. But unfortunately, so I don't know. I was at that game, right? So it was it was a crazy stadium. So my, I, I, I went to Clemson, I go to Clemson. I was a freshman mm-hmm. last year. So I was, I'm now a Clemson fan. So hindsight 2020, thank you for winning that game. But at the time, you know, I didn't really have any ties to, to Clemson, right? You know, my, a lot of my uh, family and moms, I went to Syracuse. So I was pulling for Syracuse and I, I was down the dumps. I was so upset when we lost, but you know, like I said, you know, hindsight 2020, thank you for pulling that off for us so we could go win the national championship. But that was, it was a crazy game. Et and I like what two hundred something yards rushing. It was crazy. Yeah, man, he he went off. Yeah, that was that was wild. It was it was a sight to see. And then that that last sack and Dunchy was just really for the icing on the on the cake with uh with Xavier Thomas got. I want to say it was yeah. That was that was wild. But uh, so I I think I don't I don't even know. It was like I don't know if this was a joke or seriously, but Chase for Heisman. What was that whole hype like for you? Because it was like I knew it was like a running <laughs> joke and stuff in Clemson. But like, come on! I bet everybody was saying that to you. What was it? What was it like for you to have that? Yeah, it, it was funny. Um, it was funny to hear all that. You know, uh, just some just some good old boys in Clemson just coming up with a little hashtag. And um, I was, I mean, I was friends with um, a lot of guys, a lot of like frat guys, like out of mm-hmm. out of football, um, outside of sports. And so, like, when I had some free time, like we'd go just chill and. Um, I can't remember who it really, like who, when it started, who started it, but, um, you know, I, I, I like to laugh at it, uh, in a good way. It was, it was cool. It was, it was a point in time where like, I mean, it didn't feel real, uh, as far as like the game that just happened. Um, and then to finish out the season just on a steamroll was awesome. So, you know. Kudos to them for, for making that happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, you know, before we move on, just kind of transferring to Duke and uh, App State, what was it just like to be at a national championship and winning it and just getting that ring? Because everyone plays a huge part in it. So, I mean, what was it like for you? Yeah, it was special. Uh, it was a lot of hard work put into that um, in the off season in the summer and winter and um, to, to feel that at the end of a game, um, knowing you you gave it your all and and you were ready when your number was called. Like, I mean, that was enough for me. Um, I didn't need to play every game. I didn't need to start. Um, I knew I had a role um, in that season and I knew I had a role moving forward, um, more of a leadership role moving into, you know, being uh, more trustworthy as far as the offense and when I get to go in. Um, so, Everything after that, it just built off of that. It was it was awesome. Yeah, definitely. And so then you obviously decided to transfer to Duke. And during the transfer portal, I have to say that's probably one of the most like wild things because like I feel like spots just fill up so fast. Teams are interested, teams aren't interested, and it's like a complete mess. But 
what led to you deciding to want to go to Duke and just what was that whole decision process like? Yeah. Um, entering the portal, it was, it was tough because we played in the national championship and I didn't want to give anything away or, or be a distraction towards the team. Cause I mean, I, we wanted to win. I wanted to make sure guys were focused and by me entering the portal before that, it just would have been immature and not the right way. And, um, so I had to wait a little bit longer than some other guys did uh, that decided to leave um, at other teams. And so spots were filling up, and um, but I knew that I'd end up in the right place um, ultimately. And, you know, I thought it was Duke. I really did. Uh, had a great visit, great talks with Coach Cud and, and uh, messed with the guys on the team. I really did love the guys that I played with. Um, great dudes. Um, still talk to him today, still really close with him. Um, but it was it was a mix of the COVID and and just not being able to to be around my teammates enough. Um, not enough practice, not enough like uh, of what you need to be success, successful. And uh, you know, we we were the last team to get back in July, start working, and um, you know it. I don't, I don't regret going, going there at all. Um, it's part of the story. It's part of the journey and I'm thankful for it. Um, met a lot of great people there and, and had fun playing. The whole goal was to play and, um, didn't play as well as I wanted to. Um, however, I, I have a chance to change that, but, uh, forever grateful for that experience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did, uh, did some of your teammates from Grayson actually play at Duke too? Like, did that help? Yeah. So Will Taylor, um, John Taylor, they're twins. And then one of my uh, good buddies, Jalen um, Alexander, we all played together at Grayson. And um, having that connection there was made it easier for me. Um, but like I said, I only got to visit once and only got to visit Duke, mm-hmm. only one school because of the COVID and yeah. Yeah. not being able to get on campus. So, you know, I felt comfortable with that decision and, um, you know, it, it is what it is now. Yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned, maybe it didn't pan out the way you wanted to, but you still had a decent year through for, what, 2,200 yards, 10 scores, and you were still be able to coach by one of the, you know, coined to be one of the best quarterback gurus in Coach Cutcliffe. So what, what knowledge did you learn from him and just at Duke to help you translate to become an even better player? Yeah, um, he, he does it a little bit differently. Uh, you know, I know he was busy with, what was going on outside of football, making sure we were even going to be able to play. And Mm -hmm. um, so I I don't really feel like I got the full experience of coach Cutcliffe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like he'd admit to that. And really the whole, the whole staff, I mean, a lot of people were just under, under a lot of pressure of, you know, are we going to have a season? Are we not Uh, changing up the offense? What are we going to do this week? And there's just a lot of questions, but um. You know, he was he, he was a, he's a great man and uh, really taught me a lot of defense and um, getting through progressions and um, kind of like an old school approach. Um, mm-hmm. I'd had a more of a younger approach at Clemson, RPOs and and different concepts and then going to Duke, really getting a more pro style look at it. Um, quarterback is all in control, learning different uh reads up front for the O-line and, and protections. And um, I took a lot from that, took a lot from that and, uh, and definitely film study. So 
you know, he taught me a lot about film study, which, you know, I, I carry on here at App. Yeah, definitely. You know, with that being said, now, now you're moving on to your third head coach of your college career with Coach Clark. And a lot of people say, you know, maybe having, I guess, being under so many different systems could like affect you. But do you think that having now being your third coach, having three different coaches and being for three different schools has helped you grow as a player in a way because you see different things now and different different plays and film and stuff? Yeah, I've definitely grown. Grown as a player, grown as a man, and and grown as a um, as a quarterback. Um, third system. Uh, this one is a lot more like what I used to do at Clemson, so I connected with it a lot better. Um, I'm more comfortable here as far as um, knowing where to go with the ball, uh, being in the pocket, um, making those confident throws and and decision making um, skills, and so. Um, having a spring really helped out um, with me and getting on the same page with my receivers and, and Coach Ponce, who's the quarterback coach here now. And, um, and Coach Clark has, has made it an easy transition. Uh, he's a player's coach, um, and he's really supported me despite, you know, my past uh, statistics at Duke. You know, and, and people, people will talk and, and say a lot, but, you know, that was my first year starting. You know, yeah. I'd been in college for three years and I was a backup. Um, it's not always perfect. Uh, it doesn't always go as you planned it. And uh, I had some high expectations for myself um, that I didn't didn't achieve. And I know a lot of people had high expectations for me um, to come in and, and kind of change the program around. But um, this year, just back to myself, um, confident, a little bit of swag to me. Um, you know, getting around the guys, just being around my teammates a lot. That goes a long way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, you know, Coach Clark has made that easier. And um, just a, honestly, just a great, just a great man, which um, I'm thankful to, to be around. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's great to hear. You know, you got your swag bat, swaggiest guy in, a, in Boone, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you mentioned that uh, App State has that family atmosphere. Was that like, was that like a big thing that you could – it seems like there's a lot of comparisons to Clemson with App State in a way where there's the playbook family atmosphere. So did that really just – is that like helping you – like I know there's, you know, COVID scones, so you have the spring season and all that. But is just having that like, from, you know, having to be a familiar side to see, is that helping you just be able to grow and transition a lot easier? Yeah, I mean, I, they love their football up here. And uh, they've been very successful. And so last year they went 9-3. and three. That's considered – that's considered yeah. a bad year and some other programs that's a great year and so that expectation that's all I needed to hear uh to be honest with you um they want to win we work hard uh and we and we leave it all out there I mean I think we scrimmaged like 12 out of the 15 or whatever practices that we had in spring I mean it was ungodly amount of scrimmages and it's just that competition that um, guys want to go compete and be great. And so guys out here doing extra work and getting with each other on the weekends and um, after practice stuff, it's uh, that's core. It correlates to your success for sure. Cause I've seen it firsthand at Clemson and, uh, and they go on and win a natty. And I know um, for us this year at app, we have a great opportunity to win the, win the conference and, um, and compete for on that national stage. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like they, they love you there because I, I, I asked, you know, Cam what, what he thought of you and he said you're a great leader. And he was, dude, I, I've never heard somebody being so impressed about a quarterback commenting, bro. He kept, he was just, he was just like saying that you were zipping the ball in there. You're picking up the playbook well, leading the team, making great decisions. You know, he threw in a couple of gollies in there. He was, he was feeling it. You know? <laughs> he was just saying, golly, man, this guy is insane, bro. He said like eight times over. And I was just like sitting there. I was like, all right, that's, that's good to know. I asked, I asked, uh, you know, Meech, Demetrius Taylor, what he thought about you. I know he's on the defensive side, but he's like, dude, this guy is a baller. He can play. Like, so it seems like they love you there. And it seems like you'll make a great transition. But winning the Sun Belt, like you mentioned, App State, huge expectations right now. Because 93, you're right. It's a, that's a bad season right there. They're, they won the prior to last year. They won the Sun Belt four years in a row. So you got to, you know, come in. You have a lot of expectations, obviously, for yourself. But the fans, people want to win. So how can you help lead them past, you know, the coastal Carolinas and the Louisiana Lafayette of the world who have been obviously on the come up and been really, really good teams to play against in the Sun Belt? I think it's just sticking to our identity. Um, and that's, that's just what, you know, my first year, but those fifth year and sixth year guys that have been here, they know what it is. And I've kind of followed them in that footstep um, and then taking over a leadership role, finding ways to do that. Um, where I'm not too pushy because I am the new guy, but at the same time, uh, the quarterback and yeah, you're a vet um, too. Yeah, played a couple exactly. Of years. I'm a vet. Been in college for a long time, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm old and you're like and an so, eight-year senior in a couple of years. Absolutely, I feel like Renfro almost. <laughs> and uh, but uh, definitely just finding those those little niches and um, ways that I can make the guys better. Um, I think it's assumed that we. Like, we're going into the game knowing we're going to win. There's not a thought of, man, I hope to win, or if this happens, we're going to win. Um, it's just taking over the game. Um, and that's something that, you know, I am I need to do better at is just being me and, and taking what the defense gives me and um, making good decisions and uh, getting the ball to the playmakers like Coach Clark has been telling me to do. So, I'm not going to do anything out of the ordinary, um, out of my element, just stick to the game plan, and and that should take care of itself. Yeah, definitely. You know, even when you're at Clemson, obviously, during that Syracuse game, you have 18 to help carry the load. So I definitely think that, you know, with Camp Peoples, he's he's a great running back. He had, what, 1,100 yards last year, 300 in one game, which is beyond me. But, you know, that's going to be a great little duo dynamic that you guys have because you can – obviously, you're a vet. You're a great quarterback. You have a good running back. So I, I do think that you guys have a great chance, and – you have 10 of your 11 stars returning on defense. So it, it could be good. But the big game everyone's talking about, you know, App State always has that big game where they play, you know, either Penn State or UNC. This year it's going to be Miami, right? You have to go to Miami, Hard Rock, week two. What, what are the – how do you think you guys will be able to beat, you know, the De'Aaron King-led uh, Hurricanes? Um, I mean, I think we'll get to that after the first game, uh, to be honest with you. I, I don't really have any comments on that, but – um, after playing Miami last year, I mean, they're super fast, great team, um, insane amount of athletes on the defense and offensive side. And uh, I've, I've got to know Derek uh, as of recently and uh, great dude, um, super competitor and just a grinder, obviously coming off a knee injury. And um, I think I heard today he's he's pretty much back, he said. And so. That's all you kind of need to know um, about that mindset of that Miami team, and, and you better come ready to play. Um, and so, you know, right now we're really focused on that Thursday night game opening up in Charlotte. 
uh, not looking past a, a dangerous ECU team. Yeah. And um, and and then once you know, eventually we are going to head to Hard Rock, and I mean it'll be exciting to to play in that stadium and that fan base, and um, you know get get a piece of Miami and um, and just and, and and play our best, show up and and uh, and do our thing. Yeah, so you know, obviously the team expectations are to win the Sun Belt. You know, maybe have an undefeated season. You they almost had one a couple of years ago. They went eleven and one. But what are your personal expectations? Like, do you have a, a passing yard number you want to reach or a certain amount of touchdowns? Like, what are your what are your personal expectations? Right now, um, after talking with Coach Ponce and um, and Stone, which is our GA, mm-hmm. uh, really really focusing on a high completion percentage, um, getting the ball out quick get into my guys' hands and let them run. Um, I'm not too concerned about how many touchdowns I throw, how many yards I throw, because if I, if I can handle those two things, being a good decision maker and, uh, and giving our guys a chance, then my numbers will, will be great. Um, so that, that's really what I've focused on, ball placement and accuracy, um, and also making good decisions. So those three things and, and the rest will work itself out as far as individual numbers and, or, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, I heard that at App State, there's like this, apparently there's this film room where you can bring up any players film and just watch it. But do you have like a certain quarterback you try to model your game after and just like watch a lot of their film? Um, yeah, actually, um, I liked, uh, I, I grew up a Georgia fan. So uh, Stafford is a guy that, um, I, I love to watch. Um, I'm a fan of of all kinds of quarterbacks, to be honest. Not really – not always the great ones. Um, you know, I take a lot out of golf, Jared Goff. Uh, we do a lot of what they do – or now, you know, when he was in L.A., but now he's, he's at uh, Detroit. But uh, the way he plays, um, there's a I – li- I like to look at the confidence of some quarterbacks and – um, that inspires me. So, you know, you got the Matt Ryan, you got Stafford, um, even guys that have taken it on the chin, Andy Dalton, um, they just won't go away. They're competitors. And, and so I, I like watching that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Stafford being your guy, you know, how do you think he'll be on the Rams? Like, do you, do you like watch football as like a, uh, as a film guy or do you watch it as a fan? Like do you have a certain team you follow or player? Uh, I root for Atlanta cause I I'm from there. And uh, I want them to do well. I like uh, – I've always liked – I'm trying to think. Oh, I love watching the Saints play when they had Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. Honestly, I watch it as a fan and a player, whoever's on. I don't really have any favorites, but I'll watch it and, you know, try to figure out what they're thinking and, and what they're trying to do. Yeah, weird. well, I'm a Giants fan, so hopefully this this cut clip system isn't just like a isn't a joke. I need to see Daniel Jones do something for me. That's right. He's a good one. He he will. He's a good one. I hope so. I hope so. But uh, you know, my last couple of questions, you know, one have to do with this college football as a whole, and I think there's been a lot of talk about this this 12 team playoff, right? And so you know, a lot of you know coaches, players, they have they have their own ideas. Some I feel like a lot of the elite teams are thinking just keep it a four. Some of the other teams, I think the group of five needs a chance to get into one, like get into the playoffs. But it's hard right now with the four-team playoff system. So do you think it should expand, and do you think 12 teams would be a fair number? Um, personally, you know, after being 
at the ACC twice, seeing it, um, now getting my first uh, first uh, little taste at Sunbelt, I don't really, you know, I don't really have a great answer for that. Um, sure, you definitely want to uh, have some more teams with a better opportunity. Um, but at the same time, you know, the conferences and, and who the teams are playing against um, is different. And uh, it's not all equivalent. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I've heard Mac Brown, Coach Mac Brown and Coach Sweeney talk about it. And um, ultimately, you know, it, it will work itself out. Mm. Um, whether it's four, whether it's 12, you know, when it gets if it gets to 12 you know people are going to say well they just they deserve to be in it they're a two lost team yeah uh, you know there's just a lot of things going on um to where i'm used to you got to go undefeated to basically get in you got to win yeah. your conference championship um but uh you know there, there's pros and cons so you know whatever they decide to do i mean uh college football is going to going to do whatever it takes to try to get into uh, or these teams are going to try to get into the playoff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think there's, there's room for discussion. I, I don't know. It needs to be more inclusive. You know, you obviously see Cincinnati like last year, like surely they'd be better than Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame got their brakes beat <laughs> off of them, but I don't know. I think, I think 12 may be too many. I just, I just want to see a group of five team in there. There's been so many chances like a UCF, uh, you know, App State was, is a great program, you know, and then UC. So I, I don't know. I think it, should be talked about more, but 12 seems like a lot. I agree. 12 seems like a lot. And you got to think too, all these programs are going to lose like a lot of their, a lot of their games, right? Cause if it's going to be 12 teams and certain programs that don't make it just still might lose like three games and stuff. So it's, it's interesting right. to see what happens. But uh, you know, my last, my last question before you go is just about the NFL right now. Again, who do you think is going to, who's your, who's your pick to win the Super Bowl? Man. If I had to go with it right now, um, I don't even know, dude. Rattle off some teams for me. I try to keep up, but I mean, I personally think it's gonna be the Chiefs. They like fix their entire offensive line. They have Patty Mahomes, and then there's what the Bucks with Tom Brady, the Rams with your boy Stafford. You know. Yeah, I would. I would really like the Rams to get in there. Uh, I hate to hear about Cam Akers and. And that um, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, I think it's his Achilles. Achilles, yeah. Achilles or ACL, I can't remember. But he's out for the year, though. He he's was, he's a difference maker. Um, you got not you know, the Giants. Like, yeah, yeah. I would. I'd like. You know, you got to get the. You know, honestly, shoot, my boy Trev, man. I'd love to see you know the Jags make some noise, man. It'd be that'd be awesome. Are you, are you so, a Jags fan now? Are you like? Uh, I gotta say, you gotta support where where the guys are. So you know, oh, I'm gonna watch them. Miami, uh, my boys out at uh, in Detroit. Um, couple out of the Raiders. You know, I think honestly, the Raiders are a sleeper team. If I gotta, if I gotta be real, I like Derek Carr, but John Gruden, man, he's he's something else. I have no idea. I like Derek. I have yeah, no idea. But no, I, I think Clemson, like him. Yeah, Clemson has like. I think a player on like 23 of the 32 teams. So I guess you're a fan of 23 teams. Hey, I'm a fan of a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got, you, you can't forget about T Higgins on, uh, on Cincinnati. That's right. Got, hey, got, could be a dark, could be a dark horse right there. 
Could be a dark horse. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, And I'll, I'll look forward to doing this again sometime. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you. Definitely.